Everybody, welcome to the Awkward Introvert's Guide to the Apocalypse, the podcast that just wants to let you know that you're old. You're a Mungo now. That sucks. And this is Josephine, really. And I'm Zombie Tia, and you've guessed it, we're digging deep, deep down and exploring a little lamplight. Yay! 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 <laughs> that was a very delayed yay. <laughs> oh, I love it. So... The Little Lamplight Caverns are a location in Fallout 3. They were a tourist attraction pre-war, and they had very strong government ties. And you know what happens when the government has something? So does vault They got ownership of a goodly portion of these caves, but we're not going to be talking about those portions today, because Little Lamplight ain't a part of that. It just happens to be neighbors. Right. Vault 87 is a topic for another day. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Too much involved with that to add it into this episode. I mean, we could do that. And Little Lamplight. And Fox. And McCready. But that's a lot. And some of us need to go to bed. So. (laughs) Accurate. So accurate. I keep trying to explain this to the 20-something-year-olds at work. They're just like, you have a bedtime? And it's like, yeah, I'm 30. I have a bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) So I I called my mom yesterday, right? Uh Uh-huh. I almost never actually, like, call her because she's video chatting with my children on and off throughout the day. So I actually called her last night, and it was, like, 8.30. Mm -hmm. I told her what I needed to tell her. And then she's all like, yeah, I saw you were you were calling at 830 and I was really concerned. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was so late. And she's like, that's only late for you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, sorry, it's hard being old. It's really hard. okay? Yeah. Oh, yikes. Once 830 hits, what's the point of even going out and doing anything? It's going to be midnight before you know it. And then you're just a pumpkin again. So there are like so many people listening to this right now who are just like, what are you guys talking about? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Why can't you stay up late? (laughs) Right. We're the part of this quarantine where it's just like, well, I'm going to bed now. There's nothing else to do. I mean, why be awake? There's nothing to do. Might as well sleep. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, shit. What is this? I'm about to go upstairs and have a life crisis and wonder what happened to my youth. Oh. Speaking of youth, Segway. (laughs) Segway. On October 23rd, 2077, 
82 students, along with a handful of parents and teachers from early Don Elementary School, went on a field trip. And it turned out to be pretty awful. Yeah. I'm really glad that all those times they took us out to the caves, this never happened to us. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That would have really sucked. I don't want to live in a cave. Though the caves were pretty. I don't remember the names of them, but they're somewhere in Utah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, they're in lamplight caverns, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And they're getting ready to actually go back to the school and the caverns start to shake. And they lost power. And one of the adults went up to the surface to see what was going on, and they came back and was like, hey, there's mushroom clouds covering DC. Yikes. Bum, bum, bum. Terrible field trip. I can't even imagine being like, I don't know, maybe there's probably like 10 adults max down there with 80 freaking children. That is so many kids to take care of for 10 adults. What were they thinking? No wonder they one by one just started vanishing. Yeah. They're just like, peace. I gotta go. I'd rather die than sit and listen to these kids. That's so sad. Oh my god, that upsets me. (laughs) (laughs) I said it and I immediately felt bad. Like, it's a bunch of first graders too, right? Yeah. These are are little kids. They're like six and seven (laughs) that's so little oh my gosh and that's so sad because you gotta like think of how scary that is for a little kid it's scary just going into a cave right but to like not be able to come back out of that cave and there's not a lot of adults and you don't know what happened to your parents or your family or your dogs no and like the power goes out because my seven and eight year old freak out when the power goes out still. Right? My nine year old does. Nobody likes the dark around here. Oh, yeah. I freak out when the power goes out. I'm like, oh no, my comfort lights. <laughs> also, you've taught your children not to go outside at night because there are werewolves. Hey, shush. <laughs> we're not bringing up my flaws as a parent and i always said that as a joke no 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 see i'm not i'm not saying it's a flawed parenting method i'm just saying it might contribute to being scared of the dark okay i just gotta clear this up before anyone attacks me i always said to them also five nights at freddy's i said what i said I always just said that there were werewolves coming out as a joke. (laughs) It's fine. They're not actually scared to go out at night. They're okay. Promise. They're doing fine. Oh, goodness. At least they don't live in the country and have to listen to the coyotes. Because that would really traumatize them. Right. Oh, I'm only mad that I didn't think to say that to my children. We gotta go inside now. Werewolves are coming. Nighttime. (laughs) I could maybe get away with the little ones still. The other ones would be like, Mom, no. (laughs) No, my oldest definitely thinks I'm full of shit, so. And my youngest probably is starting to think (laughs) that everything I say is just utter nonsense, too, so. And he's not wrong. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyways, eventually, the last adult standing is a first grade teacher by the name of Carrie Delaney. And she goes out to find resources and to find help and then she never returns yeah so one of the bossiest of the group of kids named jason grant steps forward as the mayor kid was only 10 years old and i gotta commend him because my kid's nine 
And that boy can't even put his laundry away in the laundry basket. Sounds about right. That checks out. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so having a 10-year-old step up and be like, okay, you other kids, I'm freaking in charge now, and we're all surviving. It's like, you know what? Good for him. Right. Okay, so the upsetting part of this, though, after that happens, is when they actually, they go find the door to Vault 87, and we should be glad that they did not make it into that vault, for one. But at the same time, it's really upsetting that they kept knocking, Uh and then they had some guy just be like, hey, get out of here. You're already dead. Fucking Peter Stevens. Right. Excuse you. Just because you're underground doesn't mean you get to go all crazy and think that your dead kid's talking to you. There are live kids trapped underground and they're not pleased. Right. Yeah, they get pissed and you can hear it in Jason's holotape journal that he is not about that life. So good. In his words, I think he said something like, fuck all adults or fuck the grown-ups or something. Yeah, it was like, fuck grown-ups. <laughs> yeah, he's not a happy little lamplighter. I was trying to do a play on happy little camper, but it, it didn't roll. My brain was like, no, we're not going to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I saw it and I appreciated it. And I appreciate you, even though uh... you're a mungo. Oh, I appreciate you too. And we'll remind you now that you're older than I am, so. I know. I'm so much closer to the grave. One foot in, basically. Oh, it's like not even one foot. It's a whole leg. I'm just like (laughs) holding on to grass for dear life, trying to stay up. It's Terry. It's not doing well. Nah, you ride that pole way down, okay? (laughs) I'm sorry, dear listeners. (laughs) We should probably address that, like, right before we started recording this episode, we watched the new music video by Lil Nas. Lil Nas? I hope that's coming across correctly. And, uh, I too will one day pole dance to hell. So, I'm very excited about it. (laughs) I don't think I'll do nearly as good a job, but I'm hoping I stick the landing. (laughs) Right. No. Perfect. It was excellent. It was very 10 good. 10 out of 10 stars. Listen, I think everyone should watch it. It's it's nothing but art, truthfully. Right. <laughs> I'm 100% on board with everything in that video, especially the jean suits with the jean fans. Bringing back that 90s swag. That's just high fashion. Oh my god. Listen, the older I get, the more I just want to wear ridiculous clothing styles. I was promised at work that I would be bought a pair of fleece-lined Crocs, Uh and they will be pink camo, the most worthless camo, and I'm very excited. Like, I am so excited for these fleece-lined Crocs. Like, these pink camo fleece-lined Crocs. I will wear those so proudly. I don't care that they're fucking hideous. (laughs) It makes it better. Oh, God. It's to prove a point. Not to look good. It to prove a point. It's that I am fashion, okay? Exactly. Oh my god, this might be my new favorite episode. It might be mine too. I do feel a little bit bad for the people who come to listen to us actually talk about Fallout and then they have to listen to our side rants about, you know, music videos and pole dancing and fashion and how I'm dying quickly, but that's okay. You know, that that's keeping with the uh, positive self-talk we told ourselves we were going to do. Yeah. It's like, yeah. eh, it's fine. Eh. So I'm going to hell. Oh, well. 
Oh, man. Oh, man. We could go off on a whole tangent on just this because there is that story about how I traded my soul to the radio station, too. So. Oh, my God. You did. Didn't you? I did. I did. It's been gone for like 12 years now. Oh, wait. I'm older than I thought I was. It might have been longer than that now. (laughs) It might be like 15 years now. Oh, no. (laughs) It's been a hot minute. Okay. No, now I, I need refreshing. How did you trade your soul to a radio station? It was X96 in Utah, right? I was on one of my trips to Salt Lake City. And on Fridays, I think it was Fridays, they had the thing where they had um, listener suggestions, right? And you could either call in or you could text in. So I texted and I was like, hey, if you play this song for me, then I will trade you my soul for it. So they announced on the radio, all right, Tia, we'll trade your soul for this. And I don't even remember what song it was, so. <laughs> oh, couldn't have been that good of a song then. <laughs> and you gave your soul away. Well, I thought, like, maybe this was one of those times that you were getting concert tickets in some way. Because you and your mom oh, nope. were <laughs> insane. But no, <laughs> no, it wasn't one of those times. You just gave your soul away like it was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> for a song you don't even remember. It- Yeah, I don't remember. I was like 15, so... Oh my god. Well, let's face it. It was definitely My Chemical Romance related or something of that sort. I am like 98% sure it was My Chemical Romance. That tracks. Yeah, that that stays in line with everything I know about you. (laughs) So... Right, exactly. (laughs) So it's no surprise. It's, It's none whatsoever. Oh my god, yeah. The surprise, though, is that... These children, you know, they get 16 and they get kicked out of their little town and they have to go to a place called Big Town. For a better life. Yeah. Like when you send your dog to the farm. Right? Don't worry. Don't worry, Billy. He's going to the farm for a better life. He's off to Big Town. (laughs) No, it was not a better life. If anything, it was infinitely worse. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was bad. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, so like, I went off on a hot rant about Fallout 4's people, like, not paying attention to timelines or really, you know, making any sense of some of the stuff they decided. Uh Uh-huh. But here is a qualm with Little Lamplight that I have in that they did not figure out how this worked at all. So you have the original kids, but where do the new kids come from? Yeah. And I sat and I researched this and it's nothing but theories. And some of the theories are really wild. Uh-huh. Others make more sense. Like one of the ones, this one's my least favorite, suggested that teen sex was happening and that's where the new kids come from. But like when you're in Little Lamplight, the youngest kid there is six. Right. Like, there's really not a whole lot of them that are older Mm -hmm. at an age that I would consider that it would happen at. I could be wrong. Like, I know that pregnancy can happen at a ridiculously young age, but it's very dangerous. The chances of survival are basically non-existent, especially if you consider the state of the wasteland and the fact that they are a bunch of fucking children in a cave. Mm-hmm. But, like, none of these kids that they listed, I would think, would produce a child around that time. And I just don't see that one being viable. Another theory is that 
the ones who left mm-hmm. have kids, and then they bring the kids back to live in Little Lamplight, which I'm a little bit more like, okay, maybe, maybe. Uh-huh. There's also talks of children just being abandoned there by their parents. Right. Which is, I think, the most likely, is that, you know, someone gets pregnant, mm-hmm. wishes they weren't pregnant, someone can't take care of a kid anymore, take them to Little Lamplight. Right, they hear stories of Little Lamplight, and they're like, oh, this will be better for my kid. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, it, not not really. Like, it's not a terrible life, no. but you're going to hold on to that abandonment and yeah. hate for people who are older than you. It's very Neverland is what it is. Yeah, that's exactly. It reminded me of the movie Hook, actually. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot like Hook, in my opinion. Yeah. Strong overtones. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is just my forever long crush on DJ Rufio, but... Right? I refer to him as DJ Rufio because he is now a DJ. Sorry, guys. Just to clarify that. I love it. And at one time, I had the chance to go see him, and I didn't because I didn't want to go alone, and I have regretted it to this day. Oh, because no. Because I could have went and saw Rufio fucking DJing at a party, and... I am a fool. I should have just went alone just to watch it. Right. Just to see it with my eyeballs. (laughs) I have such anger in my heart for myself and how I deny myself these nice things. Anyway. Right. Okay, but the wildest theory, and I'm not going to say that this theory isn't correct or it is correct. It's just so out there wild is that the super mutants are actually dumping the children there after they gather the adults because they don't consider the children to be FEV ready. That's kind of wholesome, actually. They're like, nope, not yet. Go live here. You're not ready yet. I'm gonna... It's like when you're fishing and you catch a tiny fish and you're like, you're just too little and you throw it back. Right? It's a little wholesome. But also... It's a little wholesome... Until you realize that they're just waiting for them to be adults and then they're going to go get them from Big Town. Right. Not so wholesome then. No. No, it's not. I wish there was clarification on how exactly this works because I am a person who craves answers and I find no answers here and that hurts me. That hurts me greatly. Right. I do love the little lamplighters, though. Oh my gosh. I love Lucy, the little doctor. She's cute. And how helpful she is. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm just better at putting things back together than other people. I, it's like, it's really adorable that they all kind of have these roles that they've learned how to fill. Yeah. And like, some of them aren't even roles that you would consider in an, a society as an adult. Right. You got knickknack. But you also got a sister, Knock Knock, and Knock Knock just collects jokes to tell. Right, and I love that. I didn't write down the term that it had in the the wiki, the fandom wiki, but it was like positivity something. Positivity. I don't know, but it was something good and I should have wrote it down. But I love the fact that she's her technical like job is being the peace officer Mm -hmm. so she's taken that role by telling people stories and keeping morale up i'm just like oh yeah that's so wholesome it's nice because we can use that as adults in different places even right also i love that they live with a lot of dogs it's just a bunch of dogs and kids right like you got 
Bandit, Ginger, Hooligan, Muttface, Pete, and Rex. And also, I would like to point out that it's really cool that there is a Rex in there, and then there is a Rex in New Vegas. Right. Yeah, I think that's nice. I like little references. I don't know if it was an intentional reference on their part, but there it is. I also like that if you have the child at heart perk that you have a whole plethora of new dialogue you can use with the NPCs. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's not a perk that I ever got, Uh but it's one I should. I feel like that's one of those perks where you would get it specifically Mm -hmm. for that zone and probably wouldn't use it. Like, I haven't played the game yet, Yeah, but I feel like that's one where it's like, okay, I'm not going to use that perk very often. Yeah. I mean, outside of Little Lamplight, there's not like a ton of children you deal with. There are some, Uh but I feel like Little Lamplight would be the main reason to get that perk. Right. Also, I just, uh, I love the different characters. I do. I, I spent a lot of time in Little Lamplight just wandering around talking to all the kids because they were fun. But uh, I especially love Billy. <laughs> like, and it's a little upsetting that all the other kids find him annoying. Aww. Because of his speech impediment. <laughs> it's so sad. It's like, oh, you poor kid. All the other kids can't stand you because you talk silly. Right. But you also get the Wazer Rifle from him, which is a fun gun, partially because of its name, partially because it's another gun. <laughs> right. And I am a gun collector, so. I was drawn to Zip, the kid who you can trade Nuka-Cola to. <laughs> the Nuka-Cola addict? Yes. <laughs> Who's talking like 6,000 miles a minute, and he's like, I don't know why people call me Zip. They say I'm fast, but they're just really slow. (laughs) That kid is hopped up on so much sugar. It's not even funny. And he's fucking dressed up as the mole, the little lamplight mole, or the lamplight caverns mole. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. I want some of those for myself. I would very much like to dress up as that mole. Right? Yeah, and I think that we can all appreciate McCready. And the fact that he became the mayor because one little girl, whose original name escapes me, but became known as Princess, she became the mayor and then was like, This is the best story. All right, I'm mayor now. You guys are going to call me Princess. And McCready was like, Nope, not having it. Punched her in the face. So she was mayor for like all of five minutes before (laughs) McCready was just like, No. We don't need a princess. We need a leader. Damn. He was such a feisty child. So feisty. In my notes, all I wrote was foul mouth, baby. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) I don't usually let bitches in here. (laughs) I'm just like, what? (laughs) Excuse you? I love talking to him. And I love that if you talk to him too much... He will give you 24-hour silent treatment. <laughs> like, that is such a fucking little kid thing to do. Right? But oh my gosh, he was my absolute favorite because he's just like this tiny kid dressed up in these big clothes, carrying a fucking gun, just being like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> right? <laughs> Foul mouth, little baby. You know, and his cute little baby cheeks. <laughs> All the swears pouring out. Right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, boy. Like, 
I do not have clean language, but damn. But damn. He's got all the confidence when it comes to swearing, too. Like, sometimes when little kids start swearing, you can tell they're not quite confident in it yet. Yeah. They're still, like, a little scared. But not him. He's just, like, popping it out like it's nothing. Right. And it's so good. And bad. It's terrible. Don't swear, kids. Nah, I don't care. (laughs) Do what you do. Time and place. Time and place. Yeah, when I go to school pickup, I hear some kids swear. I don't know what age they are. They might be sixth graders. It's hard to tell when you're shorter than them. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hard life I live. I'm shorter than elementary school kids, so. Well, my second grader is almost as tall as me, so. (laughs) That means your second grader's taller than me. (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) Probably not quite. He only comes up to my collarbone. Okay, I need you to go break out a thing, and I need you to measure him right now, and then come back and tell me how many inches he is. I need to know. (laughs) Very important (laughs) to me that I know that your child is either taller than me or not. Oh my goodness. (laughs) he's in second grade. Right. (laughs) I'm very worried. Oh goodness. I'm five foot one, everybody, okay? (laughs) And I'm sensitive. (laughs) I wear thick boots, so sometimes I can be a little taller. Oh, I loved reading that if the lone wanderer has bad karma, the kids will say, I bet you're so bad because your mom didn't love you. (laughs) Did any of you even know your mothers? Don't you start on me. I had a dad at least. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't help that if you're bad, he will tell you he's like disappointed in you, which is the ultimate worst thing to hear from a parent or someone you care about. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, even you saying that, not even like addressing (laughs) me, I feel bad. Oh, Oh, no. It's the worst. I don't like it. (laughs) Please don't be disappointed in me. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Those kids. (laughs) Okay, also, I'm going to hurry and list all these kids and their ages just so everyone kind of gets like the fill. So you got Joseph, who is 15 years old, the oldest in there, and he's a teacher. You got Billy, nine. Bumble, who is the youngest, she's six, which also I think helps, like, just totally kill the whole teenager idea. Eclair, who's 13. And then you got Knickknack and Knockknock, who are both 14. <laughs> Lucy, who's 11. Penny's 12. Princess is 12. Sammy, 10. Squirrel, 13. Zip, who is nine, and then when you're first going in, you meet Sticky, who is 16, and on his way out. I don't remember taking him to Big Town, but apparently I must have, so wasn't that memorable of an occasion for me. Seems like he's real pushy about the fact he wants somebody to take him to Big Town. Yeah, I just find it hilarious that all the kids, if you kill him, they're just like, yeah, he was annoying. Oh, no. He was one of you guys. All right. You can't feel this way about one of your own. Well, when you walk in there, they're all like, oh, hey, sorry we missed your birthday party, but scoot, scoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These kids, they like, uh, they have no cares about this. She's like, get out. You're 16 now. Fuck off. 
Right, which is funny because besides that, they reference that people can stay until they're 18. Yeah. But then they make they kick them out at 16. Maybe they just start getting really annoyed by them at that age. You're starting to feel a little too grown up, so right. you gotta get out of here. You're really killing this uh, Peter Pan Lost Boy vibes we've got going on, so right. see ya. I really, I wish we knew how McCready leaving went down. I feel like he probably did it graciously. Probably. Because he is a swear boy, but he's a good boy. Yeah. And I feel like he's stuck to the rules of his community well. So probably once he turned 16, he was like, well, have fun without me. And left. And was just fine. Didn't go to big town. Bye, motherfuckers. See you later. McCready out. Right. I'm wondering more about his backstory there also. Like, I wonder if, because he makes a comment how he had been, like, one of the longest standing mayor, and he'd been there for three years, Mm -hmm. or he'd been the mayor for three years. So I'm wondering if he just stayed the mayor until he left, or whether he got outvoted at some point. I'm curious about that. Let's see. So he was 12, and he left when he was 16, so I feel like... That means he probably would have had to have stopped being mayor around 15. Maybe he passed it on to someone else because he knew it would be his time to go soon or... Right. I don't know. It's interesting. I wish we had more of a dive into it since they decided he had to come back for Fallout 4. And don't get me wrong, I ain't mad. Right. But they could have thought their timelines out a little bit better. Just as we discussed last time about how they really didn't think things out with Maxon. Uh-huh. Same deal here. They didn't really think things out with him. Right. So he takes up a nomadic lifestyle after a little lamplight, and he becomes a gun for hire. But then sometime after he's been a gun for hire for a while, he meets his wife, Lucy. Not the same girl from Little Lamplight. Right, which is a little disappointing to me. It is a little disappointing. Like, when I heard Lucy, I got excited, and then I was like, oh, well, it's not the same Lucy. And then because he felt bad that he killed people for money, he was like, hey, I'm a soldier. And that's that. Right. But also, it doesn't really, like, say what kind of soldier he was claiming to be. Yeah. Because he shows distaste for the Brotherhood of Steel. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a whole lot of other groups I can see you being like, yep, I was a soldier and being in. You could be a mercenary, which, okay, that makes sense, but who were you a soldier with, McCready? Right. The only group I can think of that has the, like, military, like, look and mentality are the gunners, and he was, you know, trying to not associate with them at this point. Yeah, so they kind of just, like, lived a nomadic life, doing their best. They had Duncan, and then one night they decided to camp in a abandoned metro station. And this is, like, seriously so tragic. Right. And I want to write someone a letter about this and be like, okay, first off, how dare you? <laughs> like, look what you did to my son. Right. That was my baby boy, and you treated him like this? You put him through this? How could you, you monster? Right. Yeah, so they camp in this abandoned place, and they get attacked by feral ghouls in the night. And they get Lucy, and they tear her apart in front of him, but her dying gives him a chance to escape with Duncan. 
Yeah. I masked this out. Had to have been a baby at the time. Mm-hmm. That, it's upsetting. It's like, um, excuse you guys. You didn't have any right to bring my boy back just to do this to him. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Treating my son this way. Right. And it's really sad because he had decided that he was going to be a better man for his son. Yeah. And he would, like cut out all the swearing and drinking and mm-hmm. all that to be a better person. And then he goes through that horrible event. It was very confusing to me when I first started playing Fallout 4 to find him and be like, it's my boy. And then to have him be like trying not to swear. And it's just like, what? Wait, what happened to you? Oh, I bet. I was like, this isn't my child. Who is this? (laughs) (laughs) Right? He hasn't called me a bitch once. (laughs) He hasn't, like, said anything mean to me, really, beyond just normal salt. (laughs) And after that, you know, he kind of, like, settled into a farm, I guess. That's how his version of the story sounds. Mm -hmm. Once again, this stuff isn't super clear, and that is upsetting to me. Right. He talks about how Duncan was out playing behind their farm, and he collapsed, and he was covered in blue boils. Right. And was very sick. And so, like... (sighs) This is where I had to sit down and, like, really work out the math. If he left Little Lamplight at 16, Mm -hmm. he had to have given himself a couple of years to establish himself as a gun for a hire, I would think. Yeah. But still, if we gauge that he met Lucy between 17 and 18, and then they got to having a baby pretty quick, like, really quick, Duncan would have only been around, like, two or three at the most? Because we're looking at, like... Only a five-year time span. Yeah. And the other thing is, I had originally thought that he was in the D.C. area for Lucy and most of that. But if you go into Diamond City and you talk to Vadim, he mentions Lucy and asks how she's doing. And he doesn't know that she's died yet. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe in their nomadic lifestyle, they set up shop somewhere in the Commonwealth? Right? This part's really confusing to me, too, because they make a point to, you know, say he comes to the Commonwealth and joins the Gunners, Mm -hmm. but it's like, okay, so who was traveling around during those couple of years that they could have met Lucy? That's a lot of back and forth traveling. That's a... I don't know. The other thing is, who did he leave Duncan with? Where is Duncan? Right. Like, in my head, maybe he's back in the dc in the capital but with who and like exactly how long does it take to travel between the capital and the commonwealth Mm -hmm. i'm not good with maps or distances right and i guess it would like kind of depend on how you're traveling but i don't see him having access to a vertebrate which means we're looking at on foot yeah or wagon maybe but still wagons not much faster than foot not only does he like leave his very young son there uh-huh. but he meets somebody who also mm-hmm. has a friend these blue boils and they think they found a cure but the friend dies relatively quickly yeah and if you know a two or three year old is suffering from the same thing i would have been worried you know i wouldn't be there yeah like be there for him during his last moments same i don't know i I just can't imagine leaving a child that young and that sick and then going to the commonwealth and then joining the gunners for a year and then restarting your search for the cure it's like okay you guys tried once it didn't work 
Did you go check on your kid? Like, is he even alive still? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, how are you getting any information on him whatsoever? Especially if he's back in the capital. Right. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm trying to remember what it is Daisy said, because I know that when you get the medicine, you take it to Daisy, and... He's like, she can, she'll make sure that it gets to him. And it's just like, um, wouldn't you want to go though? Like, wouldn't, how can you entrust this to someone else? Right? Like, I, I don't understand how he could stay as a permanent companion and not go ensure his child was okay for one or you know to nurse said child back to health to bring them back to the commonwealth if that's where he wanted to actually be yeah it's upsetting it's just like okay like you're a cool companion to have don't get me wrong and i love the nostalgia of having him around but the person in me who loves and cares about these characters i want him to go Like, I don't need him to stick around and stay a permanent character. He needs to go. Right. That's just how it is. There needs some closure in his story. It's so Mm -hmm. open, so open-ended and vague. It's crazy. Yeah. And, like, this is something we've discussed, too, with other characters that they've brought in. It's like, why are you giving us these characters that we love and care about and we want to see good things happen to? Like, why are you giving them to us and then you're not giving us closure on their different storylines? Right. It's frustrating. Like, whether it be a good ending or a bad ending, like... Just don't leave it just hanging. I want anything that can be given to me, and that's... Something that New Vegas definitely provided really well with its endings is that you got those closures. You knew what happened to characters, Mm -hmm. even ones that you, like, didn't necessarily think that you would get closure on. Like, when you go to Zions, you get closure on both those guys. Right. I don't know. It's, It's upsetting. And I would very much just like it if they would finish these things. If you're gonna start something, Bethesda, could you at least finish it? Maybe that's a spicy take to be so upset over this, but I am. Because what was the point of bringing him back? Right. If you're not going to give us this ending. And I will, I do, I find myself defending Fallout 4 to a lot of people I talk to. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you know, it's just, it's not as good as the others. And I'm like, okay, it's a really good game. Like, it's got really good stuff. But then I sit down and I think about the way that they treated the characters that go with you and it's just like okay you know what i do see your point we didn't get fun little quests for sharon or fox or any of our other companions in fallout 3 right we didn't get any closure on them but we also didn't get like these big storylines that are central to these characters and central to things happening to you that then didn't just get any closure whatsoever even though it was started yeah I feel like I went off on a very big rant <laughs> there. No, it's like I'm an ingredient and I, I I love Fallout 4. I've got way more fucking time spent on it than Absolutely. Than I should. <laughs> but there's a lot of questionable aspects. Yeah. Some of the companions you have like these big long side quests for, right? Like most notably Nick's. Like his is the longest of them. And then you have some short ones, like the one for Kate and McCready. But there's other ones, like Hancock doesn't really have his own side quest. No. Codsworth doesn't. There's just a whole handful that you have a story and then they don't have, like, the big mission. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, Piper has no thing. She talks about how her father died and how she started up the newspaper. But you get her story, but there's nothing she's, like, working towards. No. 
I don't know. I don't understand how they decided to pick and choose who got more of a story and whose was more finished than others. And we've already agreed before that, like, they spent, like, every ounce of their energy on Nick. And I adore him, and he's one of my favorites. But still, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of the other companions feel unfinished. It does. It does. And I will forever, and I know that I've brought this up before, but I will bring it up again. I will forever be angry about how dirty they did Hancock. His story is one that could have been as good as Nick's. Yeah. Because you get those tidbits. You get those tasty little tidbits. I said that so gross. I'm sorry. (laughs) Creeper. I know. You get such good stuff with him. Like, there is so much story behind him, and there is so much interesting history between him and Diamond City and everything between that. But you don't get anything. Right. Barely get a sentence out of him when he finds out his brother was a synth. And it's like, are you serious? This was a pivotal part of his story, of his life. Right. As his changing to become the person he is. And we get one sentence? Fucking cock tease. Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly, that could have been... The climax of his side story. It could have. If they would have made him one. It absolutely could have. Like, they were already adding it in. They might as well have written Mm -hmm. in a little side quest where it's, like, really fucking bugging him that he doesn't feel like he knows who his brother is anymore. Yeah. And maybe it would have been something you couldn't unlock until after you've gone to the Institute. It could have been a late game sort of quest, which, you know, would have bugged a lot of people. But still, something. Yeah. Like, they could have done more with, like, the add-ons. Like, I would trade automaton. Automaton? Am I saying that? Atom? Am I saying it right? Uh. <laughs> the robot quest <laughs> and add-on. I would have happily traded that for anything more with all the other companions. Anything that felt like it was wrapping up their stories and giving them closure. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. That DLC is not great. No, but it's not. But I really do love the, like, half-robot armor. It's sort of my favorite. I love having that's the fair. iBot helmet. That's fair. Like, that's my favorite part of that whole add-on. So, and I love Ada, but the rest is just, eh. Yeah, I just think that if they were going to put more work into the game and build more add-ons, I think that they could have spared a thought for the characters that they already had in there and ways that they could have improved on them and their storylines. Because mm-hmm. it's... Ugh, I feel like it was an important thing and they really dropped the ball. Yeah. I feel like we've gone very off topic. <laughs> well, no, it's still... A little it's, off a topic. A little bit because... It's still about McCready. Yeah, like it's... Still segues with the fact they kind of did him a little dirty. They definitely did him dirty. And I know I'm not the only one upset about it. I've seen people talk about it on the internet where they're like, why are you forcing your companions to live in one place? Like the companions who have families and stuff. Like fucking Piper's little sister is living in Diamond City by herself. You even talked to Piper about how she's leaving her kid sister behind putting distance between them. Right. But still, there's no, like, any amount of resolve happening. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's the same with McCready. It's like, why do we need him to stick around? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He's fun. He's great to have as a companion. But I think that him leaving at the end of his quest and going and actually, like, having that kind of closure, knowing his son is doing well, that would have been great. 
And then it would have been, like, great if you would have got, like, a fucking message later on in the game being, like, my son recovered. Thank you for what you've done for me. I'll yeah. never forget this. But no, they had to make him a romanceable character and have him stick by your side. Always. Forever. Right. Never going back to his child. Who the fuck is even watching this child? Nobody knows. Kid's only, like, three or four. Yeah, and why can it have been, like, Sean, little Sean, that you can save from the Institute at the end? Mm-hmm. He like you can take him with you. Like, why didn't they freaking yeah. Duncan is sent to the Commonwealth to be with his father, and then he's just kind of you know taken care of by everyone at the settlement. Yeah, it would make more sense. Exactly, I completely agree. It's just upsetting to me. Like, I think that they could have done so much better with him and his story and everything. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad they brought him back. It was good seeing him as an adult and seeing what kind of person he had become, but they could have done better. Right. I feel like that was a very passionate (laughs) rant for me. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. I loved it. Thank you. I loved it. (laughs) I got a little bit soapboxy. That's all right. Sometimes you need to stand on that soapbox and just get the fills out. Some fun little tidbits about McCready that I liked was I liked the fact that he talks about Galaxy News Radio to tie in to Fallout 3. Oh my god, and Three Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that he collects Grognek. Um, why did I forget the word for comics? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still writing that high of my rant. I, but yeah, I love that he collects Grognek comics. Right. <laughs> He's a comic book fan. Like a big old nerd. Yeah, <laughs> He's a big old nerd, says the person who, you know, runs a podcast about a video game. It's just the pot <laughs> calling the kettle black. <laughs> oh, shoot. Another interesting fact about McCready is you can get the kill shot perk with him and it boosts your hit percentage for heads in vats by 20%. Which is so fucking nice. As a person who uses vats entirely too much, <laughs> I appreciate it. Same. I also really love that he, like, will spout out puns and just stupid little jokes. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, McCready, you truly are a father. Oh, gosh. All <laughs> oh, the dad jokes. Oh, yeah. Like, especially when, like, what's the location? You're in a cabin and he goes, make sure you check it thoroughly. And it's just like... Oh, you're a dad. (laughs) And that's coming from someone who tries to tell dad jokes on the regular, too, so. (laughs) Nice. Just like, oof, McCready. No, stop it. But don't. I love it. Ugh. (laughs) It's complicated feelings. He's a good character. He's a good boy. And Little Lamplight, though it is not an ideal place to live, really, I think it probably was better than a lot of other places kids could have ended up living. Yeah. I mean, they had a close-knit community, and they did very well for themselves. Right. They, they're they doing pretty good for being a bunch of little kids. I know. They have their shit together more than I do as a 30-year-old. So <laughs> <laughs> we all have our jobs, and we do our jobs and keep ourselves safe. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta load the dishwasher again. Again, so everyone has clean plates? This is bullshit. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, maybe I would be better in an apocalypse situation, but... (laughs) No, I don't 
don't know. I I know of your disdain for the dishes, so. In an apocalypse, we don't even need dishes. That's just extra flavor. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ew. Oh, God, that's disgusting. Oh, no. <laughs> but we'd have, like, a plate each. We'd all be in charge of our own plate. <laughs> our own bowl. So, there. Yeah. No more dishes for me, except my own dish. And we'll just eat with our fingers, because fuck it. What do we need forks for? It's the apocalypse. We're camping every day. Every day is a camping trip, and no one has to worry about anything anymore except staying alive. Exactly. That's gonna be very difficult for me, considering how we spoke about how I've got a full leg in the grave already in this comfortable society we currently live in. So... But once again, maybe in an apocalypse situation, I would just flourish. You know what? Yeah, I believe in you. Who knows? 100%. You got this. My friend at work, he talks about it and he's like, you know what? I think the apocalypse would be a lot less stressful. Suddenly I wouldn't have to worry about having to come to work every day. I wouldn't have to worry about taxes or bills or being in charge of all you chuckle fucks at work because he's the manager. (laughs) I just, you know, go out, scavenge food for my family, and that's it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's a lot less responsibility, really. (laughs) Like, you just got one thing. You have one job, and no one's going to come over and be like, hey, you didn't pay this amount of your money to us. We're the government. You owe us money. Because then you'd just be like, yeah, joke's on you, fucker. I ain't paying you shit. And then you shoot them. Fair. The apocalypse kind of sounds nice some days. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's all I have in me. Any final thoughts on this episode? No, but I think we've laid it all out there. I think that I've laid everything out there and it hurt me a little bit. I'm empty inside. Oh, no. (laughs) I have to go take a big sleep now. (laughs) It's time for the long rest. The long rest. Like eight hours, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. It's hard when you're an adult and everyone wakes you up through the night. Right. So, on that (laughs) note, if you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Send them to awkwardintrovertpod.fireside.fm. All our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, all the good shit. All that good shit. Uh, Like, rate, subscribe. Send us a message. Tell us what you'd like to hear. What you'd like to hear less of, maybe? I don't know. Probably not. Be kind to me. (laughs) And as always, I'm sorry. I'm so on one. As always, (laughs) please stay hydrated. Don't litter. And don't abandon your children to other children in caves. That's sound advice. That one should be a given. (laughs) Yeah. Don't leave your children in caves. In caves to eat fungus and make stuff out of buff out. Yeah. And strange meat. Oh, no, 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 none of this. Don't leave your children <laughs> to their own devices. There we go. That that covers it. All right, guys. We'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye.